Hello, and welcome to the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, I have Eva Heinz. How are you, Eva? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Dr. Eva Heinz. She has a PhD in chemistry from Georgia Institute of Technology and has extensive experience with management roles in multiple publicly traded corporations. During her years at Procter & Gamble, her contributions in science and leadership were recognized through the power of you. She spent the last 14 years at Salve and is currently the global marketing and sales excellence manager and serves as the chair of the board of directors for Salve's North American Good Government Fund. She also had the honor of being nominated for Georgia Tech's Women of Distinction and being named one of the finalists for the top 10 women in healthcare by PR News. In addition to her day job, Dr. Heinz started Solvay's X Factor, an ERG dedicated to mentoring, developing, and networking women within Solvay. Outside of Salve, she is on a nonprofit board that is dedicated to single parents, and her, along with many others, are launching the first U.S. cohort of Thrive with Mentoring. How do you have time to do all these things? I mean, you're smart, you went to Georgia Tech, and you've done all of these amazing things. Tell us a little bit about how you made it to where you are today. Well, it wasn't an easy journey, but when you have the will, you have a way, right? Set your mind to what you want to do. And for me, it's all about chasing what you want and being passionate about the things you want to see happen. So, you know, I came here as an immigrant. I came here to the United States when I was seven and a half years old. My parents gave up everything they had in in China, brought me here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I literally watched my parents struggle because they didn't have an educational background. Um, They didn't speak the language. They made sure that that was the primary focus for me. And I was determined to succeed. I've been Mm. told throughout my life that, you know, you're not going to make it. You don't have the the foundations to make it. And that motivated me more than anything else. So because it was a challenge, I was going to take it. So that's been the driving force throughout my life. Um, After graduating from college, I just wasn't so sure whether I wanted to continue But there was someone that trusted in me, someone that saw some potential in me and said, you know, you do need to continue. You have the potential to do great things. But rather than getting a PhD, I got a master's first. And I really think that help gave me some maturity and some sense of accountability. And then I furthered my education at Georgia Tech, thought it was a wonderful experience, had a lot of mentors along the path, started working for Procter & Gamble and what experience it was to be at Procter to be given the opportunity to lead specific, you know, mentorings and specific um, committees and having the initiative to kind of drive projects. It was a phenomenal experience. And then because of personal reasons, I had to move back to Atlanta. But boy, did I choose the right company to join. I've stayed at Mm -hmm. Salve for the last 14 years and I've always told people I chose to stay. Mm -hmm. And there's where I was a scientist, an R&D manager, Then I crossed over and decided that I wanted to see the business in a more holistic way and became a marketing manager for their healthcare group before I joined my current role as the global marketing sales and excellence manager, which is more in the corporate function. And you asked how I find time to do all the nonprofit board uh, activities. And it's all because I'm passionate about helping others because I've Mm. seen what can happen when somebody helped me. So along Mm -hmm. the path, I've had so many mentors. I've had so many people who believed in me 
and it's time to give back. It feels good to give back. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So talk to us about that transition as a PhD chemist, really transitioning more into that, that business role. How was that for you? You know, I will say it was a little bit challenging at the very beginning. I'm an analytical chemist by training. Decimal points mean a lot to me. Uncertainty (laughs) means a lot to me. In the business side of things, sometimes that's not so valuable. You're rounding to whole figures. And, you know, it was hard for me to hand wave or kind of ballpark or estimate things. And, you know, I had to let go of what I was trained to do. So it was an Mm -hmm. unlearning process. I had to Mm -hmm. unlearn what I was taught to do and relearn what is necessary to succeed in my role. But being able to do that was something I had to have confidence in myself to do. I literally had to unlearn and relearn. And I enjoyed the process. Once I let go of this, I have to do a specific process and found out that there's multiple approaches. I'm like, okay, I can do this. This is is just like another course, another training. We can do this. It's been such a fun experience. And, you know, I know as a chemist myself, one thing that we're taught to do is multiple iterations, right? So it's like, you can't just do one thing and say, yeah, that works. Okay, I'm going with it. But when you move into that business realm, you don't have time to iterate and iterate and iterate um, because you'll lose a sale or you'll lose a great opportunity. Yes, you don't have time to do that. And I learned that very quickly as, you know, when you're doing a PhD dissertation, you have years to craft your experiment. You have years to test out your hypothesis. The same thing when you're in an R&D world where you're doing research and yeah. you are, you're doing formulation or you're doing analytical testing, there is iterations, like you said, and there's chances to repeat. You don't mm-hmm. get a chance to repeat when you are in the business side of things. It's mm-hmm. side and go. You yep. may learn from failures, but there's no iteration. Yep. I absolutely agree. So then you took another, you made another transition. You moved from being just a, in the business realm to actually leading teams of uh, marketing and sales and business development people. So tell us, is your team mostly composed of people who have technical backgrounds, business backgrounds, or is it a mix of everything? I will say that what I mean by leading is actually influential leading. And so while they don't directly report to me, you're steering the ships in terms of which market they go into and how to transform businesses. These are all people with a lot of business background, but they're also a mixture of people with a technical background. So there may be Mm. people involved that have an engineering background that have a PhD. It's never just one background. And so I've enjoyed so much working with the diversity of thoughts in that way. I love that Um, is a term I've been using a lot lately. Diversity of thought. You know, we think about diversity in terms of the way people look or talk. But really, that diversity of thought is what really helps businesses grow. So as you were as in this role, your previous role, tell me some of the challenges that you may have experienced that you found ways to overcome. Let's take uh, some of the recent experiences, right? I'm transforming something, an organization. And sometimes when you do that, you realize that you're impacting people's life for either good or bad. And that's something internally is a struggle for me because I care. and you have to delineate between your personal feelings versus what's right for the business. And when you make these decisions this way, it gets a little bit easier, but it is a challenge because especially for people that are very in touch emotionally, this is something you have to learn to put aside. There's a difference Mm -hmm. between how you feel and what is right to do. And even Mm -hmm. in my previous jobs, it's the same thing when it impacts people's life in no matter what way you have to be able to say to yourself, 
is this the right thing to do versus how do I feel they're going to react? Mm. Always do the right thing. And that's what I think uh, is a challenge. And I had to overcome that because I care about people so much that it matters to me. Anything that I do to impact their life matters to me. And I think, you know, that logical, a lot of times as scientists, they, we think with that logical part of our brain, right? And so really breaking that down and being able to, to have a higher emotional EQ is something, it's more something that, you know, we have to learn. So how were you able to really learn that skill? So transition from being so logical all the time to really bringing that empathy into your work? You know, I take this back to probably Proctor and Gavel experiences, right? They used to always say, and I say, still say, you know, the consumer is boss. And I sit there and think, they're not the boss. The boss pays my bill. But really, if you think about it, the consumer is really the boss. It's really about the end user, the person that's buying the product that's paying all the way through the value chain. Mm -hmm. I had to sit here and think about, you know, why am I always looking at just the the narrow focus of the next step. I need to look beyond that. What's the big picture? And I have been criticized in the past when I was in my college years that I'm too narrowly focused. I'm not looking at the big picture. That like came back to me, haunted me later on during my years. I'm like, I think I got this feedback years ago and I never took action. And feedback is a gift. And Mm. so I had to step back and say, hmm, why was this told to me? Why didn't I take action? And I keep hearing this consumer is boss. So who is really the boss? And I really needed to take a step back and kind of get in touch with what I learned from Proctor during my marketing job. So when I am crafting a message, a marketing message, I'm looking at it as, am I communicating all the way through the value chain? Am mm. I reaching the right people? Am I only influencing the next step or am I influencing the entire community? Mm-hmm. So that's really helped me make myself understand a little bit better of getting in touch with emotions. Because you're right, we're very logical, but emotion mm-hmm. drives 90% of the decisions. Right, it's right. So how did you, because what you mentioned is not easy for so many people to do. First of all, thinking about the customer, like everybody's always in their head thinking about their product is so great, their competitors suck, all of the wrong things, right? But so first you have to make the step to realize that the customer is boss, because at the end of the day, if the customer doesn't buy your products, you don't get paid because the company's not getting money. Right. But how do you really map out that value chain when you're thinking about, okay, this is just step one in the value chain, but what is the end of the life cycle of this product? How many different people have to be involved? There could be many, many steps in the value chain. You really need to understand your market understand Mm. at every step of the value chain, what is their unmet need? You could be a supplier of plastics, but what is the next step? I mean, that could be a converter, that could be a distributor, that could be anybody that could directly go to the customer who's going to mold themselves or mold the product themselves and sell. It depends on the business model, but you really need to study at every step of the value chain. What is each step of the value chain asking from, from the previous step? So Mm. understand that understand the unmet needs. That's so important. Truly understand the unmet needs, not what you can just provide. You're a solution provider, but are you pushing a solution that has no need? So make sure you understand if there is a need, how can you provide that solution? And what is your true value proposition at every step of the way? That's so well said. And a lot of times people are like, oh, this is my value proposition, but it's not just one, right? 
because you have to have a value proposition throughout the process. And sometimes your solution may not be what that person needs at that step, but it's your job to help them identify an industry partner, somebody else that they can go to. So at the next step, when they do need you, they come back to you and say, okay, now I'm ready. And so I think that is really what as sales and marketing people, we have to always think about this is a multifaceted thing. I always say sales is not just sales, right? It's like so many different little bits and pieces that we have to put together. Absolutely. You have to truly understand that you have to be part of that whole package, right? You got a network. You have to understand their market. You have to understand the industry. You have to understand your competitive landscape. Yeah. You have to stand out. What is your value proposition? What is their value proposition against their competitors? All of these things Mm -hmm. are important to understand. It's not a linear process. And I know that's hard for logical people like you and I. I know, I know. I know it's like this can change or that can change. But again, the best, the people who are at the top of their game, they fully understand these things and they take the time to understand, okay, this may not be my strength. So I need to put extra time in. Because like you, I was always told you're too black and white. Like there is gray. I'm like, no, there's two hydrogen, one oxygen. It's always water. <laughs> Simple, right? Like we, there's, there's no gray. <laughs> it's always black and white. But you have to learn to be flexible and really understand what the person on the other side of the table actually needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love your chemistry analogy. <laughs> it ties us back <laughs> to our roots. Right. Because, you know, everybody can understand that. You don't have to be technical to understand that. Right. So that's an example I love to use. So tell us about a success story, a um, colleague you worked with, a project you worked on, something that you're really proud of accomplishing in your career. Oh, there's so many that I feel like I've done that I want to highlight, but I'll, I'll pick one. And this is specifically very near and dear to my heart. I work for a specialty chemical company. And just like many, many chemical companies, there aren't that many women in there. And when there are, I want to make sure and I want to see that all women have equal platform and they have development opportunities as well as mentoring opportunities. So for me, I took the plunge and I decided, you know what, when I joined this company, it had X percentage of women and now we've grown and I'd like to see more of that. But I want to see that everybody that's in the company continue to grow and continue mm-hmm. to climb. So how do we do that? How do we create a platform, a safe space so that we can, as women, come together and help each other? So mm-hmm. I developed and I created the first ERG in my company specifically for wow. women. And that was to engage with every woman at every level. And it initially mm-hmm. started at just one site mm-hmm. because I wanted to start small and then expand. You want to start walking before you run. Learn how mm-hmm. to walk before you start running. But it was such a pull. Like when you start something like that and you start really listening to what they're telling you they need and you help provide that platform and create the developmental programs, the mentoring programs, and just the networking opportunity, I see this community grow from just, you know, a handful to like over 200 and we're still growing. It's now being recognized. And so for me, that was really near and dear to my heart because I spearheaded this and I took the stance that enough is enough, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing that the, that the company is doing anything wrong, but that we as women need to help each other. Mm. We shouldn't it's be so at, on the top to and say, well, I got up here, climb my way up here, and I'm going to make sure everybody else 
understands the path up is just as hard. No, it shouldn't be harder. This is why we pave the road. Mm -hmm. This is why there are programs specifically for women. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that men don't need mentors. Men don't need development programs. I'm just saying I'm focusing on something I'm passionate about. And our Mm -hmm. ERG have supporters that are women and men. So it's open to all with one focus, growing the pipeline, growing are the women within our pipeline and making sure that we set them up for success. That is amazing. And I commend you for that. I know a lot of times, especially, you know, in the area, in the industries that we work in, it's uh, there are not a lot of women and you get a lot of women in entry level positions. But then there's this churn. Right. And so they don't know how to climb up the ladder or they don't know how to get those promotions. And so I always, a motto I live by is somebody helped get me to where I am today. So I want to reach back and help pull somebody else up. And I say that men advocates and allies are awesome too. Like we need those men in the room saying, Hey, no, no, she just said something. Let's let her speak. Let's not talk over her. Right. And that what you're doing, I think that is amazing. That is awesome, awesome, awesome. A wonderful success story. Thank you. And I feel so honored to be able to represent this particular ERG. Really, truly. Awesome. So if people want to get in contact with you and chat with you more, what is the one best way for them to reach out to you? The best way is to go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn. And you can see my profile. It's just the comment. You can look at my uh, name. Full name is Eva Heinz. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let's chat this way. Um, Connect and and let's share our experiences. Let's help each other. Let's network and let's help each other grow. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Eva Heinz, for joining me today on another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to your audience and to you. It's great to see you. Nice seeing you too. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. And remember to leave us a review, share this episode, and also like it. And in everything that you do, transform your sales.